Are you ready to add a little zing to your week? Join us at Pickle Pitch, the best networking pickleball event in town. Serve up some fun and excitement with friends and fellow enthusiasts. Whether you're a seasoned pro or a newbie to the networking game, Pickle Pitch is where the action is. Picture this. Fast-paced rallies, new friends, and a whole lot of laughter. It's the perfect recipe for a great time. Oh, my God, Plus, we've got custom art paddles up for grabs in our silent auction. Thanks to our incredible partners, you could take home a piece of art and support a fantastic cause. Join us on November 16th at Pickleball Social. Visit our Eventbrite page to register and secure your spot on the court. Hurry, slots are filling up fast. Don't miss out on our Pickleball event of the year, Pickle Pitch. Let's play and connect. Hola amigos, welcome to the After Houston podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Alex Salou, current president and substitute host for this wonderful podcast, and sitting across from the room is Jacob Dantone. Yes, uh, hi, current audio chair and <laughs> producer of this fine program. We are, we are doing our best. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't, you had a hard job. I'm so sorry. <laughs> With us today is Raquel Torres, an actress, producer, and writer and acting coach and entrepreneur. You can catch her in feature films like 21 and Over, who who were written by the writers of The Hangover and Varsity Punk as Miss Rio, a feel-good independent film. We're so happy to have you here today. Um, How's your day been? Uh, My day is great. I mean, it started off here doing a voiceover for the Pickle Pitch event coming up in November and ongoing. Mm -hmm. And now here we are sitting down doing a podcast yeah. as me as the guest. I feel so honored. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and we're so honored to have you here, really having somebody with your experience and really uh, your career overall from moving from L.A. to Houston really is, you know, it's phenomenal. And speaking of that, how was the move from Houston to L.A.? How did that how is that whole transition like? Um, It's definitely been a transition. But I feel like it was done at the perfect time because it was right after, you know, the what we don't speak of, the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, So it felt like the perfect time to get out of L.A. I'd been there for 10 years already. And um, I came to visit Houston and I saw just such beautiful potential here with Austin being so close and New Mexico being not too far away Mm -hmm. and Atlanta. There's so much opportunity here in the south. And. Houston's kind of untouched right now. And Mm -hmm. I saw the opportunity to kind of pave the way. And being here, I've, you know, networked with so many great people already um, who are doing the same. And it's just really exciting times right now. Absolutely. And it's just, it's awesome. Like with all the new local businesses being open, uh, a lot of production studios are now coming here. Radio, there was actually a radio uh no a podcast event i think it was like the podcast oh that's right you were yeah. telling me yeah that one that was pretty big i was kind of surprised i was like what <laughs> we have podcast events here too like yes. um like a whole venue was res- oh, reserved and everything it was just insane i think people whenever people think about houston it's so corporate oil and gas mm-hmm. medical but mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential as well with like all these new production studios to food and beverage small businesses and things like that and i know recently you actually 
came from a corporate job in Houston in particular. Um, yes. It was with Porsche, right? Yes, Porsche River Oaks. I, uh, you know, my original plan moving out here was to start my own acting studio. Mm. And I started out substitute teaching. And then one day driving home from substitute teaching, I got this like weird feeling that was just like, call because I was driving by Porsche every day, oh, wow. right? So I called them and I was like, hey, this is a silly question. I don't even know. Like, I was so, I didn't even know why I was calling them. And they were like, are you guys hiring? And they're like, yeah, we just opened up. We're looking for people. So I came nice. in and they offered me like a manager role. And then oh, wow. six months later, they promoted me to a, a sales manager role. Oh, wow. And I was overseeing all of the internet traffic, foot traffic, phone traffic, and overseeing First, I was overseeing the service advisors, and then it was the sales um, associates. And I realized just how much entrepreneurial and business-minded, like, chutzpah that I had, <laughs> right? It really helped. That's what I loved about working at Porsche is it brought that side out of me, whereas working as an actress and a waitress in L.A., I didn't really get to experience that leadership and power yeah, stance exactly. right, roles. Yeah. That, the initiative and that drive to, you know, manage a team, yes. interacting with people in a managerial setting like that, mm -hmm. that I can relate, yeah. <laughs> especially after running this organization. It's really, wow. it is, it is uh, mindful, <laughs> I guess yeah. you could say. And I mean, that's really impressive. You know, um, I remember you mentioned like Porsche's, even like your favorite brand of car, right? Yes. Yeah. I remember you were mentioning that in the, uh, the, what was it at the booth and the booth, uh -huh. booth? It was really cool to hear. And like you even got to drive, what was it? One of the first electric cars and everything. Yeah. So funny story, two years prior to me moving to LA or moving to Houston mm -hmm. and uh, working at Porsche and what kind of drove me to wanting to call and just my curiosity. Right. In 2020, March of 2020, my best friend, Gustavo, you've probably seen some of the podcasts that him and I have done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, he, I wake up one morning and he's making a lot of racket. And I'm like, what's going on? What are you doing? And he was, he looks up at me like startled, like deer in headlights. And yeah. was like, so sorry, did I wake you? Um, I'm going to a Porsche event. And he was, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, the new EV. They call it the Taycan. It's just rolling out to their first EV car. And I was like. I want to go. And he was like, can you be ready in five minutes? And I was like, <laughs> can I have seven? <laughs> and so we get up, we go out to this event and it was so cool. It was at the um, Porsche event center in Los Angeles and in, mm. uh, in Carson. Mm. And there was just so many, so many people. It was so lively. And we got to twice sit in the Taycan while we had a driver just full throttle it down oh, the cool. uh, racetrack <laughs> around the whole thing. And it was so much fun. And I remember telling him, I was like, wow, I wonder what it would be like to work at a Porsche event yeah. place like this where you're in front of like exciting cars and mm -hmm. people who just have that Porsche enthusiasm. I call it the Porsche passion. <laughs> the Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> and so working at Porsche was just kind of like a – just a, another thing on the checklist, you know, yeah. the bucket list that I have for myself. And my time there was very educational and I had such a, an amazing time, but I knew that I was ready to start my entrepreneurial adventures. Yeah, I know. And that's actually really impressive as well. Like coming from me, um, actually back when I was still in college, I did, I went through the University of Houston's program for excellence in selling. Oh, wow. um, so I did go through some sale, sales trainings as well. And it was kind of like the same 
same ordeal. It's like, oh my God, there's so much going on. Being more passionate about the events and catering to the sponsors that you're trying to bring in as well. It really makes a big difference as well. It's just like, how do you sell a project like that or even like an event itself mm -hmm. and kind of bringing that buzz. I think that's the big word, the buzz yes. of anything. Like yeah. the passion, the drive, and even just like starting from scratch, like bringing that entrepreneurial spirit. Is this a Porsche commercial though that just happened? The, it can the be. drive, okay. the passion, <laughs> starting from uh, scratch. <laughs> I, I think that's just me going. I, I've written so many scripts today. I think my brain's kind no, of. No, I love yeah. it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> but we'll have uh, we'll have Porsche call us, or can you have Porsche call us? <laughs> <laughs> if they can sponsor us, that would yeah. be fantastic. Porsche sponsors, please. <laughs> but then, I guess let's transition back to I guess you're you're currently in Houston. You're starting your. Um, your own business right now. Mm -hmm. um, what were some memorable moments, I guess, starting it up so far? I mean, uh, how far are you in that process? So what's gotten me to this point right now mm -hmm. is a long road. <laughs> yeah. It was not easy. It was not short. And that's kind of like the problem with me, I guess, or my my biggest challenge is I don't want to take the yellow brick road. Mm. Right. 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 I'm not trying to get to the Emerald City. I'm trying to build my own city. And so with that mentality, though, you know, you have people who will say, don't do this because of this. And these are your consequences. And I was kind of the one that was like, OK, thanks. I'm still going to do my own thing. <laughs> and, you know, I, you have times where you fall on your face and then you have times where you are extremely successful and you get to hold on to that. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. But that's my flaw because taking advice from other people sometimes I don't <laughs> usually do. And I'll be the first one to give you advice. But taking it myself is like, uh, yeah, that's a good idea, Raquel. I'm going to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I started off, my first acting teaching role was when I was 20. Mm. I was um, actually living in New Mexico. Oh, really? New Mexico? Yeah, Albuquerque. <laughs> oh, wow. So my mom's heritage, that's where her background is from, is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I moved out, moved to Denver, lived with my grandma. And from there, it's a long story. <laughs> I got involved with this, uh, this acting class. And mm -hmm. then I did a monologue competition. Oh. And I won for best comedic monologue. And then from there, the one of the judge, I won a free headshot photo shoot oh. with um, John Castillo photography there. And then I went on to begin as a partner teacher at Amy Beale High School. Mm. But then what happened is the normal teacher dropped out. So I was kind of left uh -oh. with these group of kids and they were so sad. They looked so deflated because he oh. had pitched this whole idea mm -hmm. that they were going to write their own scripts and film their own stuff. And I was like, well, I don't have that experience just yet, but I know what I can do. And I did like, I had them promote who was going to be the director and their own writers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they wrote their own script. And I came in with like sound on a PowerPoint because cool. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and it turned out to be an amazing experience. And then from there, I went back to Washington. And then from there, I filmed 21 and Over mm -hmm. from the writers of The Hangover mm -hmm. in Seattle. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it brought me to L.A. Wow. And yeah, from there, um, back and forth, sometimes to New York. And now I'm here sitting with you guys. That's fun. When, that monologue that you did, what 
what comedy was it from? Was it like a specific one or did you just kind of make something up? No, it was from a play that I did in college. Okay. Mm-hmm. The play was called The M Word, written by William Missouri Downs. And funny story about that, mm-hmm. years later, I was working at a theater called the Skylight Theater in L.A., and I was doing ticket booth. And this guy comes up, and he's like, one ticket, please, and hands me his ID so I can write his information down. And I looked up at him, and I was like, you're William Missouri Downs. <laughs> and he goes... <laughs> yes, I am. And I was like, I did your play. I was Annie in the M word. And he was like, holy moly. That's I, really we, cool. Yeah, it was such a, like, um, you can't make that up. You know what I mean? And the no. feeling of being like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually getting to meet the writer of this, this, yeah. this playwright, this amazing playwright who's written so many great other plays and monologues and that so, are still here i feel like that's always been an issue back when i was in high school it's like are these people still alive i, I don't know that, that's <laughs> yeah, always I been got like to the actually case. put a that's face really cool. to the name and the show so yeah yeah that's like a full circle moment right yeah, it's yeah, just exactly. like everything just kind of comes together right it was an amazing experience that's cool. actually you know you mentioned being in new mexico and mexican heritage do you know spanish i don't know Spanish. Por qué? Por qué no? <laughs> okay, well, I can do like the words where it's like, you know, growing up, my grandfather and my dad would be like, ojos, boca, nariz, <laughs> you know, you know, the simple things like cierra la puerta. Mm-hmm. But to hold a conversation, I am like, I would probably die. <laughs> and every time I go to Mexico, my dad now is like, I'm not translating for you. And I'm like, okay, tres tacos, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I have the most embarrassing story, if you don't mind, yeah, about yeah, for my it, yeah. first Spanish audition in L.A. Yeah, oh, you did a Spanish <laughs> audition. This is first year, folks. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was back in like 2012 and maybe 2013. And I got this audition where it said, you know, fluent in Spanish. But I was like, I can read it. I can, you know, all I have to do is memorize it. That's what, you know, young actors, all I have to do is memorize it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then it's good. So I show up, it's a, you know, a Mexican woman casting director and I go through it and she's like, okay, great. Um, Let's do a little improv. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. And she's like, okay. And she's looking at me like, okay, you you can go ahead and start whenever you want. And I was like, do you want to prompt me? Like, give me like a prompt or something. She goes, okay, fine. Um, how about you're lost in Mexico? And the only time that I'd been to Mexico by that age, um, the last time I was there was I was 13. And I was always going to the market with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right? And when you drive around, you'd see Mercado everywhere. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I sit there and I'm like, okay, great. And I, I'm talking to her as if she's like the person. I was like, um, uh, hola, señor. Uh, ¿Dónde está el mercado de pescado? And she looked at me like, Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I just asked this lady, called her a man and said, where's the seafood market? Where's the, where's the fish market? <laughs> I was just like, and I called my dad. I was like, this is all your fault. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Super embarrassing story. It oh my haunts God. my dreams sometimes. Oh my God. That, man, I can I can relate. I mean, in my case, like uh, for me growing up, I grew up in Dubai mm-hmm. and oh, wow. over there, um, the main language is Arabic, and I actually was born born and raised for five years in Puerto Rico, moved to Dubai, and I went to like a Lebanese school, and they teach only their French, Arabic, and English, and mm. they didn't focus English in the curriculum, and 
it was pretty crazy because one day I came back home to my mom, I think a few months after going to school. I said, Mom, Mom, I think I can count to 10 in Arabic. I was counting 10 in French. And everybody, <laughs> for every, everybody was just like, oh, no, what do we do with Alex? And then they put me to a British school. And then that's how I kind of. That's so funny. Yeah. It really, it kind of, it really kind of brings a weird circle to it, too. It's just like uh, language just can be such a barrier, barrier especially mm-hmm. with opportunities. And with Houston being, you know, so, um, I, I believe it's one of the most international or melting pots here, m- melting pot towns in the city. It is. In the U.S. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. And um, even like having opportunities to uh, speak in Spanish or interact with others in Spanish, it's, it really kind of comes... Um, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> I'm not That's too okay. Sure. But, you know, this is what it happens. I mean, this is a podcast. It's casual. It's uh, well, we're open. To kind of go off of what you said, speaking Spanish, when you tell somebody that you're Mexican, it's like, oh, can you speak Spanish? It's like, oh, you're a comedian? Tell me a joke. And it's yeah. like, uh, just just because I'm Mexican doesn't know I know Spanish. Yeah. I'm like eight generations American. Yeah, it's like, the, <laughs> like what? It's like the name three songs with the band T-shirts. And you see people in band t-shirts and you're like, name three songs. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm just doing it for aesthetic. Thank you. Um, and working in this industry, too, when you put on your resume, I'm Mexican, your agent's going to be like, okay. So they'll send you out with all kinds of like Spanish speaking roles and you just, you know, you got to roll with it. What's it like working with an agent, actually? I never, I'm always kind of curious to know about that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... I got my first experience with agencies when I was out of high school. I was um, about 18, 19, and um, 18, 19, 20, 21, <laughs> that <laughs> whole area. And it's it's really nice. And let me tell you why. Um, when you find a good agent, you feel safe in the castings that they're going to send you. And you feel that they understand you and you mm-hmm. guys have a good connection, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they were they'll they won't put you up for something that they don't really feel like is for you, but they're doing the work for you, right? Oh, yeah. Take it from me having an agent and not having an agent. I would be on all of the platforms submitting myself for everything, and it's like an everyday thing. You spend the first like two hours of your day just submitting yourself, mm-hmm. fixing up your resume, putting you know, making sure you have the right headshot, and oh wow, you put all of this, uh, you know. And then adding your demo reel and putting your demo reel together and what kind of demo reels you yeah. have your visual demo reel and then you have your voiceover demo reel and then you have, you know, still shots from the so I would I was like doing all of this for myself. And if you see it's not that great, I'm gonna have a professional fix it up for me. But um, <laughs> you're a business mm-hmm. and the agency is your marketing team yeah. pretty much. And, oh, yeah. and then you have your manager if you're lucky enough to have both. In my case, uh, in LA, I had a manager that helped me get my agent. And so I had both that it can be good and it cannot be good because they can either be conflicting mm. or not. But either way, it's like you have a team. Yeah. And you're not in it alone. Yeah. That's kind of what I find really interesting too, at least connecting advertising and with acting as well. It's just like, how do you find the talent? Mm-hmm. Where does the talent funnel through? And sometimes agencies act as that funnel. To mm-hmm. kind of bring that talent in, whether it's production, whether it's acting or voiceovers and stuff. It's really interesting to hear about that. And, you know, I actually had another question here. Uh, let me see here. That kind of goes well with it. I mean, with all these different things happening, you know, with sales, your interest in teaching people and helping them grow and learn and mm-hmm. even, you know, pursuing your own interests in being in feature films and everything. How do you balance your passion? Like, uh, what do you normally do off the sides that kind of 
make it more worth your while. So they always there's what's that saying? If you love what you're doing, mm-hmm. you'll never, never work, work a day, a day, day of your life. Yeah, exactly. So for me, getting up and seeing, oh, what's casting today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and all the different platforms. It's like a game. It's exciting. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm lucky enough here in Houston to be signed with Pastorini Bosby. Oh, okay. Um, which in through my research, I have seen that is probably the most reputable agency out here that aligns with my needs, wants, and desires, right? Right. Um, And how I balance everything out, well, it's one of the reasons why I decided to walk away from my corporate job Mm -hmm. is because I was finding myself working so much time there Mm -hmm. and being too exhausted to work on my own projects. Right. And when you're working in a corporate world, there's a glass ceiling sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, I find it easier to balance everything now that I have the time, whereas before it felt like pressure and then I felt silly about it. You right. know, it's like, you, oh, it's just a dream or whatever. And it's like, no, it's not. It's it's my life. It's what oh, I yeah. know. It's what I've, you know, lived for for the last 15, I don't want to age myself, oh. years. <laughs> <laughs> And you just you just do it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm transitioning from working as a waitress like I did in LA because the pay scale is different here in Houston. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um with my entrepreneurial skills, I have been working on my acting studio. Yes. The Raquel Torres acting studio here in <laughs> Houston. Um, so exciting. How do you get involved? How would somebody get involved with the Raquel Acting Studio? You can go online to Raquel Torres Acting Studio or rtactingstudio.com. Okay. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, Raquel underscore T. Mm-hmm. You have to buy the extra vowel in my name. It's R-A-Q-U-A-E-L. My full name is actually Raquelinda Torres. Mm. So if you put my name in your iPhone, Siri will call me Raquel because of that. (laughs) I think that's how I was saying it earlier when we were trying to go over the initial take for the podcast. Uh I was saying Raquelina. No, wait, Raquel. Okay. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, my my mom wanted to name me Rochelle. And my dad said, how about Raquel? And my dad's name's Rafael. So he put the extra A in there as Raquel. So when you say this, wow. Raquelinda Torres. Yeah. That's a really cool twist. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah. A little history on my name. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's really that's a really interesting way of putting it. And I mean, um, have you have any interesting stories to share about um, interacting with students, at, at least with your, with your start? Uh, sorry, with the... With your new venture, I mean, any fun takes or any new interesting situations that occurred here in Houston or in general overall? I would say, well, let's start off with Houston and then branch off overall. I think okay. that's a really cool way to go about with it. So we're here at the Radio Lounge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ray is the one of the founders. Yes, yes. And funny story is, I started off out here working with Inspiration Stage. I did a little uh, four-week workshop. I unfortunately was only able to make it to two of the workshops, but long story short, there was a gentleman there who was older than the rest of the kids. His name, I guess, is Kevin. If that's okay, I can say it. (laughs) 
And, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, Kevin was a really awesome student. He was able to take what you your direction, right? Or I guess mine and the way I've the way I've come to teach, I guess, through my experience as an acting coach, as an actor, as a director, as a producer, as, you know, I mean, just everything that I've all my experiences. Mm-hmm. Learning how to talk to actors is a skill. Right. <laughs> Um, so thank you for translating. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it took, you know, my first time seeing him, he'd already been to two classes. And after the class, I sat with him for a little while and I really just kind of like picked his brain and helped him out. So when he came to the next session, I swear to God, I got goosebumps all over my body because it was like he was a different actor. And even um, the woman who owns Inspiration Stage, her name's Miss Mandy. She was like, oh, my gosh, wow, what a transition. Wow. And, you know, I did have help with my partner teacher at the time. It's just amazing to see those transitions. But why I mentioned Ray and the Radio Lounge is because when I came here for the first time and I was introducing myself to Ray, I mm-hmm. told him that I was an acting coach. And he even said, where at Inspiration Stage? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, actually, yeah, I did. And he goes, I sent a student there. Yeah. I said, you did? Who was it? He was like, Kevin Kim. And I was like, oh, my God. That was one of my favorite students. And it was just really cool. Again, another full circle moment mm-hmm. where I get to meet somebody who, you know, is becoming a part of my circle. Mm-hmm. And now my circle's expanding. expanding. Yeah, with like the person that actually brought him into your circle. Yes. Too. Yeah. It just somehow happened. <laughs> and I was so amazed. And now Kevin and I are going to continue working. And so that's kind of like where that is with that. And then I'm also working with a group of, uh, you know, students, high school, middle school, um, So we're going to be starting our classes. I just don't know if I want to start something now where it's like the holiday season. Oh, yeah. Or just start with doing private lessons, getting them up to date on the platforms they need to be on, working on their social media Mm -hmm. one-on-one. Oh, is that part of the syllabus or something? Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like we ran out of time this week. Here's a clip for the next episode. What I say is you are an LLC. Uh, Limited liability. You are your own company, and it is up to you to make it run. Yeah, Uh, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to understand every aspect. How are you going to market yourself? What's your branding? Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Admigo, join us at at the number 2 houstoncom You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at at the number 2 Houston. Thank you for listening.